Welcome, comics fans, to a, well, I won't say a special edition of DC Comics News Podcast. It's actually uh, a fairly somber one, but we're not going to go down that route. We are actually recording tonight to celebrate the art and the work of the truly legendary and quite lovely artist, Tim Sale. Um, I'm not alone. With me, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube, is my colleague, my brother-in-arms, my friend, my buddy, my pal, Brad Felicki. Brad, how are you, sir? You know, I wish we were talking under better circumstances. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a shame. But uh, like you said, we're going to celebrate his life and his art. So, you know, it it, uh, it is a shame and he will be missed. Oh, completely. Uh, one of those artists who literally changed the game because he wasn't like your typical guns and action, muscles and mayhem kind of artist. He was a storyteller, subtle legend in black and white someone who was more of a plant a seed and watch it grow kind of kind of storyteller but obviously let's talk about our experiences i mean what's your first memory of a tim sale comic well i think my first experience will be what a lot of people and that is with uh long halloween good stuff you know um to me that was kind of the beginning of uh, a new phase in comic storytelling similar to the way when dark knight returns came out you know you you saw those yeah, issues completely. out and you saw the art and you thought this is something special something's happening here this is gonna this is gonna be a game changer and uh, the art was really striking it was to me kind of art deco-y yeah. and um one of the beautiful things i think about his art that really fits the you know the DC characters that he drew is their timelessness. Oh yeah, uh, you know, and uh, no matter what, it could be modern, it could be classic, but it was always you know it was always Batman or it was always Superman. You know, I mean, it was just absolutely incredibly timeless. And um, and over the years, it's just become so iconic, uh, and it's had so much impact on how. The Batman character specifically has been portrayed in film and in animation and things like that. I think it's impossible to uh, overstate how important his art has been, especially when it comes to you know the character of Batman. I could not agree more. Like you said, you brilliantly game-changing, something different, something truly unique because obviously uh, i don't know if you were aware that um he only worked in black and white that was because um, he discovered at, when he was learning the comics trade when he was at art school that he was actually colorblind so oh, okay. oh, that's, that's yeah, yeah that's one of the reasons why he turned what could have been seen as an artist for many as a, a huge blow and something that could be perceived as a weakness into a strength because he made his black and white artwork i mean when you think of black and white artwork for me it's him it's darwin cook it's alex toth and and a few others he made it his strength and he mastered it you know i like that you bring up uh, darwin cook because i i think that they're almost brothers mm. brothers absolutely brothers or not but they're so the style is very, uh, it's similar. And I, I'm glad that they did get to work together. Oh, absolutely. You know, over the years, yeah. you know. Um, but I, I think that their artwork really feeds off one another very well. 
masters of high contrast black and white art the pair of them yeah absolute yeah. masters and hopefully both together somewhere better than this having a drink smiling and saying we kicked ass brother we did it and just imagine them you know up in heaven wherever yeah. you know collaborating on a on another project you know that's just that uh, would be amazing that's another book for Morpheus's Library of Dreams, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. The, the Tim yeah. Sale Darwin Cook collaboration. Yeah, I mean, as you say, who is better at black and white? I mean, going to Long Halloween, which was, like you say, your first um, exposure to Tim's art, just the storytelling where Jeff Loeb even said that he wrote tons of script, which he threw out of the window because Tim's storytelling was so good that it told it wordlessly because you can actually read the long Halloween very, very quickly because it's almost the art telling the story in 80% of the book and scenes with a early Harvey Dent. And you could see the darkness within him growing where each chapter um, quarter of his silhouette was in black, then more, then more then half the face. And you just saw that darkness growing in him. And that was so subtle and so beautifully done in those stories. And, and you know, I love how you bring up, storytelling yeah and that's something we talked about before we started recording mm -hmm. but that's also how a lot of people define him and how he defined himself is that more than an artist he's a storyteller and uh, as far i mean him and jeff Loeb, when i saw their names attached to anything i would always take my up. money <laughs> you know that's what you know as soon as i saw their yeah as soon as i saw their names attached to all the you know the marvel color books oh yeah. Ray, Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue. I just knew that it was automatically you know you were going to get quality. Yeah. And uh, you know there was not there was not a wasted pencil line. You know not a wasted bit of dialogue. It was just good, concise, like you said, storytelling. And I think that's almost something that's kind of been lost yeah. in comics over the last few years. You know, I. I uh, in ways i kind of miss it absolutely because like you beautifully said he could say more with a a raised eyebrow or a, a, a downturn frown in his art than so many other artists could do with like all the details and cross hatching in the universe he, he could do so much and it's little things like uh there's a collection of all his batman stories before he did the uh, Legends of the Dark Knight Halloween specials and the Long Halloween and Dark Victory is called uh, Batman by Tim Sale, which has got writing by um, Alan Grant and others. And there's an introduction to that book by his great friend and fellow comics legend, a letterer, Richard Starkings, that says that what blew him away as a letterer was he'd frequently just stop working to look at the little details you didn't notice, like the way Jim Gordon's desk was completely different to Harvey Dent's, the stuff that was on it, the mugs, the papers, the pictures, the the pencils, stuff lying around. And you could almost tell what that person was like literally by the stuff that was on their desk, which wasn't scripted, which wasn't put there by Jeff Lowe, but it was purely put there by Tim Sale. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's that goes to show. Sorry about those hearts. Uh, <laughs> no, it <yeah>. works. <laughs> that's how we feel. But it really um, goes to show how much that Jeff Loeb trusted him. You know, um, like you said, oh, I'll just, you know, I, I had all the script written. I don't need it because he's such a good storyteller. It's almost, 
in the, in their relationship, it was a, like a screenwriter and a director. And Tim Sale was the director. And once again, like, this goes back to more than an artist. He was also a storyteller. And all those details meant something. It's like a good filmmaker. Every single shot means something. Everything, like I said, on a desk, anything hanging on a wall, it is there for an absolute reason. Completely. Completely. Because... Going back, I mean, I see the evolution of an artist because when I first came across Tim Sale's work was, this is going to blow your mind, in Image Comics in Death Blow. Um, and he'd taken over from a hugely popular artist. And a lot of people just thought, hang on, we've gone from this really sort of like typical image guns and bravado kind of artist to Tim's much more subtle and I remember do do remember back then a lot of people say, oh, I don't, I don't like this new, new Tim Sale guy. And I thought, what are you talking about? Look at this. Yes, it's far simpler. Yes, it's much more high contrast. Yes, it's pure black and white. But look at the backgrounds. Look at what he's doing with the characters, with the um, rooms that he's drawing, with the with everything else. And you, anyone who knows art will know that it's actually damn difficult to get art looking that simple. And he refined that. By the time he was drawing the Marvel books, by the time he got to doing the Halloween specials, you see a marked difference even between Long Halloween and Dark Victory. And he could adapt his style to fit the story. And that's why, like you said, the majority of his work is with Jeff Loeb, because the two worked so well together. It was almost like a symbiosis rather than a working relationship. The way they worked together was just magic. And like you said, anything with those two guys' names on it, yeah. I'm biased. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I have an admiration for artists, no matter what medium it is, to make, like, make their work look simple. You know, it's, it's um, like watching Max Weinberg play the drums. He makes it look so easy. You look at Tim Sale's work, and he makes it look easy. But uh, it's just not. I mean, he was so, so trained. You know, he went to art school, yeah, uh, SBA, um, and he stayed with uh, Brusima. Uh, you know, so he was, you know, he's definitely trained, and he just knew how to utilize that and really found his own voice. And that's really what the goal is as any artist, and he he really achieved that. Completely, completely. I mean, I know that we're called DC Comics News, but I have to say that. You mentioned the Marvel Colors series. His work on Spider-Man Blue, because Spider-Man is, after Batman and Nightwing, probably my favorite comics character. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. His work on that comic was, like I said, when he adapted his style, I could see his love and appreciation for John Romita Sr.'s work, which is what that entire story is based on, the life of Peter Parker and the death of, death of Gwen Stacy. And even though he was clearly uh, paying homage to John Romita, it was purely Tim Sale artwork. It was it was so you could he's one of those artists where you can look at oh that's a Tim Sale piece. Mm -hmm. yeah. You just cannot put it. But the way he channeled Kirby in the Hulk book and in the Captain America book, and he channeled Wally Wood in the Daredevil book. And John Romita Sr., as I said, in the Spider-Man book, but it was still pure sale. That's another one of the reasons why this guy, to me, is definitely up there as one of the all-time greats. Yeah, he knew his history, you know, and 
uh, I think with comics, especially as a medium, that's really, really important uh, to know where all this stuff comes from because it is so, there are so many artists that have worked on the characters and brought their own spin on it. And uh, it, it, he definitely knew how to go and oh, yeah. do what to bring out to to have his, like I said, to have his own voice. And I think that's one of the reasons why his work I know, is so absolutely iconic. Iconic. That's the word. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I mean, he's Batman. We've said it just in this show alone, how the long Halloween influenced so much that's come since every bit as much as things like the dark Knight returns or year one have done and long Halloween and dark victory along with year one, when I speak to students or people who want to read comics or people who've been inspired by the films or whatever else say to me, Steve, what books do I need to read to get into Batman? It's year one, long Halloween and dark victory absolutely yep you know if you if you look back at the influence on the recent batman film, oh yeah all all the filmmakers everybody says long halloween oh i read long halloween uh my my nephew has just gotten into comic books he he loves batman and he asked me we've got another one <laughs> yeah right and he asked me, oh, what book should I read? And one of the first ones that I brought up was Long Halloween. That That is up there with, I, I would say it's probably the second most important Batman story after Dark Knight Returns, at least, you know, from the 80s on. You know, I think that those two are, are just it. Legendary. Yep. But I, I do think Long Halloween and Dark Picture have aged. A lot better than Dark Knight Returns has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's funny because you say that it, the influence on the on the Batman movie, especially the recent ones, well, it's clear as day in Matt Reeves' new film, The Batman. But I remember when um, the Nolan trilogy was being released, where it wasn't just Christopher Nolan who was saying that a lot of the story beats and elements and the pacing was directly from the Long Halloween, inspired by the Long Halloween. It's when Christian Bale said, oh, yeah, one guy that really got me was Tim Sale and the Long Halloween. I based a lot of my movements and how I acted right. and posed as Batman from the Long Halloween. So, yeah. Yep. What can you say to that? Yeah. And, uh, and everything that I have seen or heard, he's he was very humble oh yeah and, uh that really kind of he he wouldn't have to be because his importance and his imprint on that character is one of the all-time greats in the whole 80 some years now that we've had batman he's up there with one of the most important contributors to the character oh absolutely and you're right about him being humble um we've lost a lot of amazing talent in recent years i mean this year alone we've lost Gary Leach, um, the first artist to work with Alan Moore on Miracle Man stroke Marvel Man. Neil Adams, again, another man whose work on Batman is indelible, legendary. And of course, George Perez, Mount Rushmore of comics artists, no doubt. Yeah. 
But with Tim Sale, obviously, even though I loved the other three aforementioned gentlemen, and I managed to meet Neil Adams and, and George Perez. That was as a fan. I met them. I was in awe of them. I got some comics signed by them. When I met Tim Sale, I was already working for DC Comics News and Dark Knight News. So I was more so now honoured and privileged to meet, speak to and interview Tim. And like you said, humble's not the word. He was so self-deprecating. He always thought that no, a lot of stuff I've done, um, while I am proud of it and I always hold a special place in my heart, I sometimes look back and thought, oh, I could have done that better. And I look at stuff like Long Halloween and Dark Victory and I think, how could you improve on that? Yeah. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. And that's the, the way he was. And he said that, you know, several artists say that you're going to draw a couple of hundred bad pages before you draw your first. And he'd say, well, I, I probably drew like 500 or a thousand bad pages before I drew my first. And again, looking at his work, obviously we appreciate and see it as a creator. Everything you do is wrong anyway, unless you're uh, a, a intellect genius level person or someone with a huge head and you're just completely conceited. It's like that old saying that art is never finished. It's, it's abandoned. abandoned, you know, so you can always, <laughs> I guess he could always look and say, I should have done that different. But, you know, meanwhile, the rest of us are just in awe of what we saw on the page, you know. And, um, you know, we did lose a lot this year. Yeah. Uh, When we lost Neil Adams, for me, that was somebody that, for me, that was like legacy. He came around right with, you know, right before I started collecting. And then you have George Perez, who was right when I did start collecting um, that had a big impact on me uh, as I was getting into comics that helped me be a lifelong fan. Whereas Tim Sale came along and reminded me why I stay a comic yeah. book fan. Uh, exactly. I, I felt like, you know, by that point I was, I was in college and um, you know, that was when I was big into Vertigo. So I started reading long Halloween and it was like one of those things to me that kind of, you know, brings the the um, I don't want to say maturity level, but the artistic level up. Yeah, uh, up a notch. The way a lot of George Perez for me did in the '80s when I was realizing I'm reading something very important here, and um, that was all because of Tim Sale's artwork with uh, you know the Long Halloween, like you said, just the the way that him and Jeff Loeb worked together was you know not to harp on that, but it was just it was it, it, absolutely incredible. It was alchemy, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's one of those things that keeps me keeps me reading comics because you know every comic you want to pick up, you want it to be as good or as you know as impactful or as as important to the medium as like, like say a long Halloween or you know the the Marvel color books, you know for sure. Long Halloween is probably the most reread trade i own to the point where i'm on my third copy yeah so it's one of those those ones that you see in a used bookstore and you pick it up just so you can give it to somebody because they need to experience it it's one of those type of books ask any of the kids i've mentored any of the people i've been on a podcast with anyone who i've introduced to comics that book is there 100 percent every time 
and we have to talk about how he was different he didn't follow the trend he didn't go down the route of say a george perez or a neil adams who were in many ways sort of like the ultra realistic anatomically correct um artists in the comic book medium he was wild he was abstract his joker is a figure of nightmares and like you say about the long halloween even though it's purely a dc book it came out in the vertigo age of comics and it felt different it felt more like a vertigo title than a dc title it was it did have that level of maturity not in a gratuitous sense or in an adult sense but in a way that it was just grown-up storytelling both in the writing and the art and that's a huge appeal of his of his work isn't it yeah there is something playful about the art but there's also something deadly serious about oh, yeah. it at the same time uh you know I, I sometimes look at some of his pictures of catwoman and i could imagine it painted on the side of uh, world war ii yeah Bomber, you know? absolutely and, and that goes back to being that kind of the timelessness of his work um that he, he did know how to balance that too the playfulness and the seriousness there you know um the expressions on the faces you know were not hyper realistic but they were absolutely so emotional and hard-hitting like you mentioned you know harvey dent see his mood change and you know in the way the faces were drawn and things like that i mean he he was great at capturing moods as well in uh where it wasn't simple, but there was a little less line work than in some artists' work. Absolutely. And do you not find as well, one of the things that always blows me away with Tim Sale artwork, I'm picking, picturing it in my head right now, is how his Harvey Dent and his Bruce Wayne looked nothing alike. The way he, every character he drew was different, different noses, different foreheads, different cheekbones, different chins. He drew people they were simple they were literally just sometimes six or seven lines in a face but they were each and every one of them completely different and he not taking away from other great artists but sometimes you look at a comic book especially with the female characters and the only way you can tell them apart is by what they're wearing or their hair color tim sales mary jane watson and tim sales gwen stacy in spider-man blue were worlds apart you knew who these characters were and that Apart from Alex Ross, who painted them and obviously based them on models who are real people, so they were clearly different people. I don't know of any comics artists who did that quite as well as Tim Sale. Yeah, yep, yeah, I agree. And you know, with those those works, I don't know if they would have been as impactful as they have been if it wasn't if it was somebody else doing. The oh, agreed. Work. You know, that's that's something to. You know, as me, I always, as a fan, I always respond more to the writing than the art. That's just how I, uh, I'm kind of obsessed with story. But um, I don't think that it would have had the same impact with different art. Uh, similar to the way that I don't think Preacher would have had the same impact. Oh, absolutely. If, if Stephen Steve Dillon, Dillon, yeah. Dillon didn't do the art, you know um he just brought so much to the table um it just wouldn't have been the same say you know 
the story could have been the same, but it just wouldn't have had that same effect. Yeah, I completely agree. Long Halloween uh, and Dark Victory and When in Rome, the Catwoman story. I mean, that whole thing with the Falcone relationship and everything that was, again, huge influence on, on Matt Reeves, the Batman. But um, if you look at the way Tim Sale depicts Batman, Selina, Falcone, he doesn't just draw them like your typical comic book characters. Yes, Batman is handsome. Yes, he's got a chiseled jaw, but he's kind of thicker in the neck. He's sturdy. He's solid. He's not a, a Spider-Man type of character. And, and he drew people like people. I mean, if you look at his Superman in Superman for all seasons, again, that's influenced a huge number of, of artists since because he literally drew Superman like a farm boy who'd been lugging around bales of hay and made him almost fridge-like in his dimensions, but gave him a childlike face, which to me is another vintage uh, depiction of the Man of Steel. Completely different, but perfect. Yeah, and you know, we haven't talked much about his, speaking of Superman, we haven't really talked much about Superman, um, but I, I think his Superman for all seasons. Oh, fantastic. Was, yeah. And in fact, what, what drew me to pick that up was because I saw his name on it. I thought, oh, he, you know, that's Tim Sale from you know, Long Halloween. Got to pick that up. And again, it was just one of the, that story would have been completely different if it had anybody else doing the artwork. In fact, I think I, I would have liked to have seen him do more Superman stuff over the years. It was only two stories, wasn't it? It was, um, I know he did Superman Confidential. And I think that was yes. with Darwin yes. Cook, wasn't it? And yeah. Superman, there was another one, Superman Kryptonite. But there was this just those three, uh, Man, Superman for All Seasons, Kryptonite, and uh, Superman Confidentials with, with Batman. I mean, both The Long Halloween Dark Victory are big, fat, 13-chapter books. Um, Catwoman in Rome was seven issues. Uh, the Dark Knight specials, now four of those, Dark Knight, Long Halloween specials, now four of them, one which came as a sequel to dark victory um and so many like batman stories i said legends of the dark knight and in shadow of the bat so he's, he's predominantly known by most people for his work with jeff Lowe, but mainly for batman but it's like i said again adapting his style his superman his look on superman four seasons like you said clearly tim sale but couldn't be more different i mean do you think that was because it was more set in daylight, because there was less big patches of black and these huge um, Kansas cornfields and things? Or was there more as well? Because I can't put my finger on it, but they look completely different, but clearly Tim Sale. Yeah, I, I think it would come down to, you know, we talk about knowing the history and knowing the character well. And I think that's just what it comes down to. I just think that he knew what the character of Superman needed. You know, when... Um, Within his own realm of his own style, he knew what to bring to Superman that was different than what he needed to bring to Batman. He just had an instinct for it. Yeah, that's probably it. Because the, the contrasts are, are wildly divergent. They're such different looks, but still totally Tim Sale. And that's 
you know what other artists can you say that about because however great an artist is a lot of the time you'll follow them book to book to book and it's the same stuff just different characters yeah mm-hmm. i mean i even as soon as i saw the artwork in heroes ah i good one yeah i immediately knew yeah. oh i could tell that's oh that's tim Sale. yeah just instantly um and even that he approached it differently then he did the Batman or Superman, you know, or how you were saying the, the, the Spider-Man. But it, you still knew right from the get-go that it was Tim Sale. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I uh, kind of forgot all that great work that he did for Heroes. You know, that, um, and that's the thing is that his work is really special because he wasn't super prolific. He had a very, you know, a very set, like if you wanted to, like you were saying, talk about rereading. If you wanted to sit down and reread all of his books, you, you know, you, you could do it in a reasonable amount of time, maybe a week or even a weekend if you were really committed, you know. And um, even though it's overall, it's a small body of work, like we were saying, it doesn't get more important, no matter what. Even if it was from the heroes, from the color books, you know, the Superman. That I mean, it just you know, no matter what, everything that he was involved with had. People are still talking about it to this day. It's like you say, it was definitely with Tim Sale, quality over quantity, wasn't it? Yeah. Because everything he touched was gold. I mean. Yeah, like you say, his Marvel colours, I think, should be fairly easy to pick up. Um, Long Halloween, Dark Victory, Winning Rome have never gone out of print in close to 30 years. You can pick that's, those up. That's that's impressive, too. Yeah. Never gone out of print. You could go to any bookstore now, any comic book shop, and pick those books up just like that. And the new, beautiful, as they've rebranded the Long Halloween saga now, now it's literally Batman the Long Halloween the long Halloween dark victory, the long Halloween when in Rome, um, those sagas have now had these beautiful hardcover reprints, digitally remastered extras at the back. And they're stunning. There's no way anyone couldn't get into those. His early image stuff and his indie work will be hard to track down, but the stuff he's famous for. You know, I, I wanted to ask you about that. I'm curious if you have, um, you know, you talked about the death blow stuff, but this stuff even earlier than that, do you, have you been able to um, grab some of those issues over the years? You have those in your collection? Sadly, no, because they are, like I said, gold dust. Um, mm-hmm. They are so rare. What my collection starts with is is, is, is his image work. Mm-hmm. And that's when I fell in love with his work, um, with what he did with Deathblow and Wildcats. Um, so after that, it was literally everything everyone else knows about um it's very sad because i was chatting to richard starkings the letterer on all the long halloween books um end of last year at the thought bubble convention and there was talk of reuniting the whole team jeff Loeb, tim sell richard starkings for one final long halloween special which was going to be called the last halloween and i wonder now if that got off the ground if that's finished if that's now been abandoned and that's that's where it also gets heartbreaking yeah hopefully you know if it's not finished maybe at least some of that will see the light of day 
somehow maybe um, they reprint it, you know, once again, and they could use that, and, and you know, in the back. That would be really, that would be really nice to see, even if it's sketches, you know, of just character ideas and plot ideas. It would be great to see. Well, like they did brilliantly with that John Paul Leon Batman Catwoman special. When uh, yeah. when he passed away last year, they still finished the book with what he'd done, and then with other artists uh, filling in the rest of the story. So, if that could happen, um, well, you've got at least two fans here who want it, right? Yep, absolutely, <laughs> a lot more than just us. <laughs> who's who's going to say no to another new long Halloween book by Jeff Logan himself? Nobody, absolutely nobody. So, I want to talk about how. He, we we've mentioned his Riddler, his Joker is a stuff of nightmares. His Joker is like nothing you've ever seen before. That's a grin that literally the teeth that could bite through a tree trunk. But I also want to talk about how little subtle things he brought to the comics where his penguin was the perfect hybrid of the comic book penguin and the Danny DeVito penguin. And his poison ivy with the thousands of leaves she had for hair and the way he changed the characters completely yet they were instantly recognizable mm-hmm. uh man to me i i always think it um i think maybe for me what always drew me to his faces even though they were different there was something about the eyes eyes were a little big and it just uh there was a lot of heart and soul you know they say the eyes are the window to the soul well he knew how to capture that um and i do also it's funny that you bring up the poison ivy leaves because i remember reading long halloween for the first time and just being overwhelmed by the details and that i was like wow that's that's impressive yeah um you know i when you think of certain changing the subject just just for a second um when you think of college say college courses and comics that you might or even high school where you might learn about graphic novels you know you have your watchman mouse um but i think there are probably a lot of classes out there and a lot of schools that one of their books that is in that list is Long Halloween. Has to be. And I bet as far as art school goes, I could bet you every single comic art school has a class uh, dedicated to Tim Sale's work in Long Halloween. And if they don't... They should. Yeah. (laughs) They really should. Yeah. And it's because of how he does things, like you said, the faces and how he can do those little subtle things... Uh, to make the characters look different, you know, it's it's um, it's like you if you wonder how you know people come up to comic conventions with portfolios and why some are rejected and why some are accepted, and it's things like the way he could capture those moods and emotions with the subtle drawings of even simple line work and faces. That is why his portfolio. If he came up at a convention. His portfolio would be accepted, where somebody else's wouldn't. Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if that answers what you wanted to talk about, but that's sense. No, completely, yeah. completely answers it. It's like he's one of those artists where if you've read his work, 
you can literally um, quote a line from the page or say, do you remember this page? And it will automatically bounce into your brain and, and knock you out. For example, if I said to you, I believe in Gotham City, what image do you see? Uh, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, absolutely. Um, man, I'm trying to think if there's anything that one of the ones that like that grabs me. That's like, oh, yeah, that moment. Um, Surely that double page spread with um, all the villains in the office as Batman walks in yeah, as well. It's yeah, got to be one. Yeah, of them. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, because we're talking about it, I get a lot of pictures in my brain of his Joker and the, like you're saying, bite through a tree trunk. I always, the, the teeth always grabbed me. Like, they, it was something that they sharp and dangerous. Um, and the poison ivy. Um, you know, there's always something sexy about poison ivy. Um, and again, I think, that that is one of those things that could be painted on a the side of a World War II bomber. You know that that kind of pinup style, but not not gratuitous. Yeah, um, just exactly very, that. Very stylish. Yeah, he could really balance that line between being feminine and alluring against just being outright gratuitous and, and, and sexualized better than just about anybody so yeah he, he could just balance that line whereas a lot of artists and that's the whole uh, fanboy side of it with, with teenage boys why they got into comics but you mentioned heroes and honestly I got into that tv show almost more because I spotted Tim Sale artwork on it than because it was a TV show about characters with superpowers, which were rare back in those days. Now yeah, we've got right. a million remember of them. Those, remember those days? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> back in those days, that was a rare thing. But I'll be blatantly honest that part of the reason that I was hooked on that show was where could I see another Tim Sale piece of art? And did you know that the Heroes logo was also designed by Tim? Oh, no, I did not know Yeah, that. based on his own handwriting. That was oh, wow. purely Tim Saylor's. Again, like he, you would never know. He's so, so humble. And uh, versatile. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, and that's, that's, you know, what's interesting about his artwork on Heroes, too, is that that's kind of artwork that was based on real people. So even with the simple face line work, you knew who he was drawing. Yeah. So, and it just, he was just such a master of his own style. He just knew what it needed and he knew, um, he just knew how to go about it. He knew his, I, I, not that he has limitations, but he knew how to work within his own parameters of um, his own style. Do you remember the Heroes comic books? Uh, yes, I do. Um, they were like anthology series. Yeah. I remember that was, yeah, I, I believe I got those books sent to me when, uh, when I was in the music magazine. I was on DC's mailing list and they would send me occasional books. And that was, I think, the second, the second volume they had sent me. I want you then to cast your mind back to those books, because like you said, that he worked within his realms. He knew his style. He knew what he could and couldn't do. But... Another thing that we didn't mention about him was, like you say, when he worked with real characters, 
because he, again he'd do it so subtly he wouldn't be like Jerry Ordway's Batman 89 adaptation where they were literally almost like looking at photographs of the actors but when he drew the cheerleader simply as you like you could tell that was Hayden Panettiere when he drew Silo you knew that was Hercule Pinto you know yeah yeah that, that to me is almost harder because it was more almost like you know these caricature artists you see that can just you just with a couple of lines make your nose bigger make your ears bigger but it's still you he could do that as well so the, the range of his talent and his artistic ability is phenomenal here's a question for you what uh if you would have seen him work on a character that he maybe never did what character would you have liked to have seen him draw in uh, yeah, this storytelling aspect? I would love to have seen another Marvel Colors book. And I would love to see him do his take on Ditko and do a Doctor Strange. Oh, that would be cool. That, that would have been on my wish list of, of a Tim Sale uh, Marvel book. For DC... Honestly, I would love to have seen his take on members of the Green Lantern Corps. Because, again, he would make his Hal Jordan, Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner all look completely different. But you'd know who they all were, Alan Scott. That would have been my wish list. I would have loved to have seen him do a Ditko, Doctor Strange, Marvel Colors book and a Green Lantern Corps DC. But that would have been mind-blowing. Yeah, for me, for Marvel, I would like to have seen him do a Wolverine Jean Grey. Oh, yeah. I think that would be that would be a lot of fun. And DC, I think I, I think I'm actually I think I'm with you on the Green Lantern Corps. Because like you said, you, you know, you could make all different uh, Green Lanterns seem so different, like the human Green Lanterns. But we could also see his Kilowog. On, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> said, I would love to have seen him do a Kilowog. You know, absolutely. That's exactly what I was going to say. You read my mind, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you on the Green Lantern. But because I know you and because of his style and the way he draws, I would have killed to see him draw a death book. Yeah, oh, well, he would do a great, mm. you know, I, don't, I mean, a death book. Yeah, but even if he even if he did like, um, uh, you know, like a, in an anthology book, just a one page picture of death i would love to have seen his take on that that story would have been great seeing neil gaiman and him collaborate oh man very interesting that would have been a game changer for real i think he i've seen online a couple of commissions where he may may have drawn dream or death i'm gonna have to do some digging on that because again mainly with death and dream because they are pale white flesh and black hair I just think he would have just killed yeah. drawing those characters. Especially he would have knocked it out of the park. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to see, uh, you know, like you were saying with the whole going back to the faces thing, mm. seeing him do a desire or a oh, spare, wow. uh, delirium, what he could do with those different faces would have been fantastic. Absolutely. Um, and, and there you have it. I mean, that's the legacy of the guy. Um, incredible person. Uh, like I mentioned, with the fans, 
I can imagine actually no, I can't imagine, I don't have to imagine I was there I remember queuing up um to speak to him at his desk because obviously I spoke to him at his desk I spoke to him on the sidelines and um I attended his panels when he was over here in the UK and I know that being in the queue was frustrating while you're in the queue because he literally would stop and talk to everybody he'd speak to you while he sketched he didn't just sketch and ignore you he'd talk to the fans and but when it got to your turn he gave you and the person behind you and the person in front of you and person 10 people in front of you 10 people behind you that same level of care and listening and attention and that sadly isn't the norm with a lot of comics creators and that's yeah. another reason he was you know, amazing and it, I, I love hearing stories like that because that that is one of the reasons why i love comics is that now i know it's not the same with all artists but uh it seems like, as a rule, they're a lot more approachable um, than in other mediums. You know, you can you can really have conversations with some of the legends, you know, or you could have had even conversations with the legends. And uh, it just it, it kind of makes my heart happy that he was so nice and so accommodating uh, to to the fans because that's that's such an important part of comics in general and the community of collectors i think that's really something that's special i mean i've been really lucky i've managed to speak to a, a fair amount of comics creators um over the years and it's like you said two percent of them are probably the not so nice ones 19 percent percent of them were fantastic but tim and george perez i would say were in the two percent that were above and beyond Oh, and recently um, I met Christian, um, oh, blimey, I forget his, Christian Ward, the artist on Aquaman Andromeda a couple of weeks ago, another one. He's another one just like Tim Sale, where he'd go off and talk to you and talk to you and talk to you and talk to you and sketch and draw and amazing, absolutely amazing. I wish I, wish I would have had the chance to, uh, to have met him. It's one of those things that um, now I think when I go to conventions, I should make an effort to uh, to meet people. That um, that happened. To, I, I was walking by Steve Dillon's table, oh, and man. I didn't. I was. Oh, what am I going to say to him? You know, I mean, he's just a preacher. What could I possibly say? And then literally a few weeks after, so you know, I, I it's it's good that, that you can go and have those moments and that you take advantage of them. And now you have all these great stories to remember Tim Sale by as being such a great guy. I mean, even after publishing the interview, he, he messaged me and he said, um, that was really sweet and really clever the way you've managed to get the different chats as one conversation. So at the end of the day, I remember what we talked about. I remember what I asked you and, with his interview and with a couple of others, I literally didn't have to have my. I literally just put like one line of what I'd asked them: earliest comic memories, um, training, work ethic, Batman memories, and just let him talk because what he had to say was far more interesting than any stupid question or thing. I have because with other artists or with other creators, I literally had to talk. And then they'd give me like two sentence, three sentence answers. And that's how he did the interview with people like Tim Sale, with John Romita Jr., with Frank Miller. You could feel the love and the passion for what they do. So I just let them talk. And it was, 
incredible. And the fact that some of them still continue to correspond afterwards, that is the, one of the greatest blessings of doing what we do, I think, for DC Comics News and Dark Knight News. That, And it was hard. I mean, Brad, do it, though. The first couple of times I thought, what am I going to say to these guys? And that's why I just hand over the comics. With Neil Adams, I was just like, if god had walked in the room and i didn't know how to speak to him and i wasn't working in the industry then the first time i met george perry is the same but by the time i'd met tim sale um i knew a that i loved his work that i was a fan of his and we just got to remember i think that just talk to them like human beings show them your fan show them your passion show them your care but then just let them do the rest and you will not regret it you really will not regret it and you've got an NYCC coming up in a couple of months, so yeah, there's your perfect yeah, chance. And look at them from afar, you know, but this is like one of those things that you realize, you know, take advantage of it while you can. And a five minute chat at their desk is easily a print interview if they if they allow it. Obviously, always 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 ask them first. <laughs> but right. say, yeah. Um, but it's worth it because like you say, you do want another chance where you saw Steve Dillon. I mean, God, that must have been heartbreaking. And then days later, he he was no longer with us. And now the interview with Tim Sale has always been one of my favourites. But obviously now it just means so much more. So do it. Yeah. But a lot of people say, don't meet your heroes. I say, do meet your heroes. <laughs> and you'll find that with comics creators, they will remain your heroes 98% of the time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, that that's what that's one of the main things that i love about comics is that um you can say that that generally meeting them they're 98 percent meet your heroes when it comes to comics uh a lot of other things aren't that aren't that way absolutely and now you have all these great memories of that interview with him and you have that whole interview that you can go back and read and relive it and it's, it's something really special absolutely so let's wrap up let's give a one more thank you one more hooray one more celebration because we didn't want want this uh, podcast to turn into uh, a wheat fest because this guy brought a lot of joy to his fans with his art um a tim sale page a tim sale memory a tim sale moment for you that will always stand out i remember buying the trade of um, long Halloween and I was kind of on a business trip in Cleveland, Ohio uh, it was for a music festival that I was working and I just remember I had to go to different venues to check out different bands and the book that I had when I was on the bus that whole trip was Long Halloween and um, it, it uh you know, it, it was one of those things where you can reread it fast. So I, I think I read it two times that whole trip, just rereading it and just having that memory of that that trip was very, uh, very special to me. Um, uh, and uh, having um, like Spider-Man Blue kind of helped me get back into comics. You know, I, I went in phases where I didn't collect and I collected and then. Spider-Man Blue was one of the books that really um, brought me back into the fold of collecting, um, you know, around, like, the guy discovered it in, like, 2005, 
maybe. And that brought me in, and I've been collecting ever since then. So um, I had that book to, to thank for that as well. Absolutely. It's funny you say that Long Halloween is one of those books that's really easy to read because it is. It's one of those books where you'll pick up and you won't put it down. I remember when they released the animated movies. Is that last year or the year before? Quite recently. I think it was the year before. But it was yeah. The first movie came out. I watched it. I loved it. I reread the whole book again. The second movie came out, watched it, loved it. I reread the book again. And when you hear the creator of, of, of that script, um, another Tim, uh, oh, God, what was it with me and surnames today? Tim Sheridan yeah. did the screenplay for the two long Halloween movies. When you hear him sing the praises of Tim Sale and what the long Halloween meant to him and how tricky and difficult and heartbreaking yet rewarding it was trying to update some of the ideas from the comic to the film but when you hear creators who you're a fan of fanboying about Tim Sale when you hear Christian Bale like we say say he based his movement on Batman on Tim Sale's for the long Halloween when you get Christopher Nolan and Matt Reeves hugely talented filmmakers quoting this book as one of their biggest influences. Um, I hope that Tim, wherever he is with Darwin Cook right now, is smiling because that's the legacy of the art he's left behind, which is timeless, which will live on. And <laughs> Adam, my offspring, who you know, fellow writer on, on a couple of the sites, I told him and he said it brought a tear to his eye because he remembers me reading Long Halloween Dark Victory when they were little. And oh, they said, yeah. yeah, well, they've gone out and bought the new Long Halloween collections for themselves. Um, not just because we've lost Tim, but because of the memories and love they have for Tim's work. And that to me says everything. Can't put a price on that. So that's it. Um, we've celebrated the wonderful human being and legendary artist that was Tim Sale. Um, we've said it before. You can find Tim's work everywhere. And if you've never seen it, trust us. Get it. Get Daredevil Yellow. Get Hulk Grey. Get Spider-Man Blue. Get Captain America White. It took a long time for that book to come out to so get it. Get the Long Halloween, Dark Victory, Catwoman when in Rome, the Long Halloween special that followed it, the Long Halloween uh, Halloween specials that came out before the Long Halloween. Get Tim's Batman by Tim Sale, the collected edition that collects his Legends of the Dark Knight and Shadow of the Bat stories. Watch this man's talent grow from one story to the other and pick yourself up, honestly, some comic book classics. You will not regret it. And until you do, speaking of classics... Brother Brad, where can our listeners, viewers, read your work and hear more from you, sir? Oh, you can uh, read my news and reviews at dccomicsnews.com. Uh, uh, you can uh, hear me here on the DC Comics News podcast. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. Fantastic. And where can people find you? 
Oh, so many places. Um, this wonderful show is where many people first heard these strange British tones. But for my written work, uh, just type Steve, J, Ray, or Fantastic Universes into Google, and you'll take you to DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, Fantastic Universes, and wherever else I ramble and talk nerdy goodness. Um, this show is part of the DC Comics News Podcast Network, along with the Harley Quinn cast, Mad Love, the Spinner Rack, and uh, DCN After Dark on YouTube. And coming soon, the new, all new, all different, all better DC Comics News Podcast and Tubecast. Yes, this show is going to be going to video. And this is the first test of that. Please tell us what you think, like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever else you get your shows, and watch the shows on YouTube. DC Comics News and our sister site, Dark Knight News, can be found across all of the internet, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Instagram, follow us there as for me on twitter please talk to me talk to me about anything you love any passions you have in comics films movies anything else you like at lstevo el underscore s-t-e-e-v-o but until you do don't just read more tim sale comics just read read more comics all of them they're wonderful take care